we constantly strive to spotlight authentic music trailblazers, which is why we're stoked to have TikTok styled by Ray-Ban this summer, helping us in our pursuit of featuring artists who aren't afraid to be their authentic selves. Summer is here, and with it, the warmth and relaxation we all deserve. This year has been tough on us all, but with the coming of summer, a little weight begins to lift off of our shoulders as we begin to unwind. Straight from the 90s, the Frank features the original colors and vintage gold Ray-Band logo. The light metallic frames are made for fun and creativity, reflecting whatever version of yourself you want to be. You now have everything you need. You can't predict the light, but with Textalks and Ray-Ban, you are always ready to capture it by living each day in the moment. You're on. Follow the light at www.rayban.com. Welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I'm talking to a young vocal powerhouse who became a household name from the moment she was crowned the youngest winner and the first female winner of South Africa's The Voice competition after a now iconic four-chair turn performance. And after being taken under the wing of some of South Africa's biggest names in music, she's now crafting her own career path that is undoubtedly authentic in her pursuit of capitalizing on her already burgeoning career. I'm, of course, talking about Tashe Berger. Tashe, welcome to the show. How are you doing? What up? I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely amazing. Thanks for having me. I'm so freaking excited to be here. <laughs> And that was a um, warm welcome. I, I didn't want to listen to that. Kind of made me feel a bit ventrat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, we like to make people feel very comfortable on this podcast, and I only speak the truth. Like I don't, there are no, <laughs> there are no lies over here. <laughs> but but now, but now, I really wish that we could do this in person because I I um, I've been following you for a while, and you know, you've got this very like cheeky rock and roll streak in you on stage, <laughs> off stage, on your socials. You're just like a real vibe. Um, I try to be but, a bit badass sometimes. I try, but I'm not not every. I don't get it right all the time, but I try. <laughs> no, I think no, I, I think you get it right ninety nine point nine percent of the time. But what kind of like what kind of kid were you in class like growing up? Um, I think I was the the one kid that talks too much and that um, gets uh, like the teacher tells me to like get out of class. Sorry, I'm African, so I'm going to talk a bit weird. But um, yeah, I was always like getting rushed out of class, like, go out of class, you fucking talk too much. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horn. And uh, all sorts of that. But I was good friends with the teachers as well. Um, so like they used to come bry at our house um, and then in class they would like scream on me, or scream upon me, like my mom says. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, but but it was fun. It was fun. I think I was a bit of a, um, a naughty child, and um, yeah, I used to talk a fuckload. <laughs> and where where did you grow up? I grew up in um, Cape Town, so um, I was in Belleville, um, uh, Belleville area. There where Francia van Kirk um, come from. And um, then Valgemoet, so like very close to Babel, and then um, Brackenfell, so Cape Town, like the the suburb vibes. 
So I read that when you were in school, you you, you broke your ankle and then you had to undergo like a crazy operation. <laughs> and then you were on like crutches for eight months and then you actually started homeschooling. So what was that yeah. like drastic change, like going from that very cool atmosphere to, <laughs> to yeah, just being at home? It's crazy. Um, I tell people like I was the um, with my C and I was the school principal and everything all at once because I was the only one in fucking class. <laughs> so I was like <laughs> everything at once, which was fun. And I smoked uh, cigarettes with my um, other school principal, which is my mom. So that was <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Um, I think I was. It was fun for me because I'm at home and I can do my schoolwork um, in pajamas and just like take food out of the fridge anytime I want and whatever. But um, when I'm at home um, during the week, I'm not at home on the weekend. So Friday, Saturday and Sunday, my mom doesn't see me at all because I'm at all my friends because I don't see them during the week. So, um, yeah, it was a... It was like a 180 flip. It's a weird mm. vibe coming from seeing your friends every day and like, like we were stupid kids in school and now only on weekends. But I think it was good um, to have like routine um, and kind of my mom telling me you have to stick to this and I'm kind of scared of my mom sometimes. So I think it was good. <laughs> I'm also kind of scared of my mom. So like, even now, like even now I'm 34 and still, like, what if she does? I tell, I, I do exactly what she tells me to do. <laughs> I know. But, but where, where did this, this passion for performing and music, where did that start to come about? Okay. So this is a, I'm going to make a long story short, but um, we were camping at Khadini. It's, like on uh, like here in Cape Town somewhere. I don't know what's the road's name, but anyway. Um, so we were camping there and um, the one lady that came next to us, um, she was a singing coach. So I started like singing around the fire. I was four years old singing like a, like a mama, sing song with my pretty cool like a vibes. Um, and buying a choppy like a and um, uh, so the the lady next door comes to us um, and she says listen who's singing here who's this little voice singing here and my mom's like oh it's my daughter Tasha and oh fuck she's just a crazy kid she's a fucking cock mole and whatever and um, from that day forward um, I began singing lessons at Michelle and from there I just couldn't stop and I told my mom mama I don't want to do schoolwork. I just want to sing all the fucking time and started crying because I don't want to <laughs> do schoolwork. and then she's like you have to do schoolwork." and then I started writing songs and then I went to the voice and now I'm here so it was kind of from the age of four and five-ish so then was it Michelle who was pushing you for things like talent shows and to go and like you know get out there a bit more so Michelle was like here for a couple of years, I think like four years or something. And then I went to Riona um, and then I went to Liana. Liana was the, I think the person who had the most influence on me. She coached like Demi Limur. I don't know if you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, she was on, um, what's it? The contract. And um, mm-hmm. so I did the voice and stuff. So she's a brilliant singing coach, uh, Liana. And she taught me everything I know today. And I'm very grateful. Mm. Yeah. So, so when you, Rewatch your blind audition if you have rewatched your blind audition, um, which is incredible. Like, I remember watching it live, and your rendition of Lisa Saclafir is just Thanks. so, so gorgeous. <laughs> 
And then the camera zooms into to your mom chatting to Anele and your your mom's mm. like, oh, praying that it's going to be Rihanna now who turns around. And then <sighs> it's like a four-chair turn, which is incredible. And like, it's crazy. What's running through your mind at this point? And also, what ultimately made you decide to go with Franny? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I wanted to go with Franny um, from the very beginning. But then I spoke to Liana and my mom and so on, and they said, go with Liana because she's a woman. She understands a woman's voice and whatever. And But, yeah, my, I think my heart was set on um, Franny because of that kind of um, badass vibe that he has and that um, we do not conform to this world kind of thing. Uh, we just do our own thing. Um, mm. So I was kind of hoping for Franny to turn because I knew then and there I was going to pick him. But I didn't want to, like, uh, say kind of near fuck yellow or no to my mom and my singing coach. But ultimately I just did it and said near fuck yellow, I'm going with Franny. And they're very, very glad I did. Yeah, you, um, and you definitely the made reason, the right decision. <laughs> I think the reason why is because um, I felt that I can connect with him not just only about music, but about the whole, um, like we try to do stuff differently and not the way that other people should or the other, other people would. Um, and I love that about him and that he takes risks and um, the whole Funk Oak team is kind of with that kind of mindset and I love that. Um, mm. Obviously, I, I'm engaged to uh, Jolene um, and we strive to be different every day and I think that's um, what they also do. Yeah, I I remember I bumped into Franny on a flight back to Cape Town and we spoke very briefly about the new season, like just before it aired. And I yeah. asked him, you know, is there anyone on his team that he thought could go all the way? And immediately he said, oh, there's this girl from Cape Town. And and I actually, I, I, yeah, immediately. And I'd moved to Joburg at the time and I actually ended up going to a few of the Voice live shows. And I remember oh, like your presence was just so incredibly commanding, Tashe. Like and I thought... <laughs> Thank you. No, and I, and I, rem- I remember thinking, like, you just look so comfortable on stage. Um, <laughs> and there are, like, v- like, very few nerves. And, I mean, I mean I, like, I'm, I struggle with my nerves quite a bit. And I, I, I was wondering if, like, if you got anxious at all, if you're just really good at hiding it. <laughs> or um, if, you know, before a show, you know, you have, you know, you get yeah. a bit. Um, I think sometimes, I think the first, I, I always tell um, – some of my friends or whoever asks, um, the first, the blind audition was definitely the the most nerve-wracking um, performance I have had because that's where your mind goes like, shit, will anyone turn for me? Is there, I just actually want one turn yeah, so that I can be in this competition and learn from the best and kind of try and be the best and um, uh, be better at what I did last week. Um so that was the most nerve-wracking. When you're in it and uh, when you go through that stage, you kind of get used to it. But every time is a different um, – every performance is a different performance. And I just tried to be better than I was the, the previous week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it failed and sometimes I was proud of myself. But sometimes the most of it – I'm very hard on myself with um, kind of um, the way the way I sing or whatever. I'm very hard on myself. So – um, but I think it went well and I, yeah, a, a very, yeah, yeah, buyer, like heavy, but, um, but yeah, I think the first one was definitely the most, most nerve wracking and I didn't care who wins. I, I just like everyone was, everyone who was there was amazing and mm. had their special thing about them. And I think, um, 
anyone could have won. I think it's actually just luck. I think I just got lucky. I, I remember yeah. there was also a contestant called Yatu Craft who was just amazing. Yes. Like yeah. his, his voice him, as well. Yeah, I know him from from when I was 12, actually. Oh, wow. So we were, yeah, we sang together at essays and doing competitions like local stuff and so forth. Um, so I went to Joburg from Cape Town and they were sang there together and and so so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I've known him for quite a while. So it was nice seeing old friends and stuff also there and uh, continuing the journey with him. That's very cool. But when it comes yeah. to these kinds of reality shows, I'm assuming that there's a lot that the viewers don't see, you know, what's happening yeah. off screen. I mean, we basically mm-hmm. see what happens on the Sunday evening, but then there's a whole other six days where you're prepping for, for the Sunday mm-hmm. night performance. What, what's, what was your day-to-day schedule like? Oh, my word. It was, um, I can't remember, but I know it was heavy busy. Like we had um, Sunday nights after the show, we came back at about, 10 11 ish from um from the studio where we recorded because we had like a fucking vip thing um and we weren't supposed to drink but i snuck in a few drinks you know what i mean but um <laughs> so i came home at, no i'm joking but i came home at about 11 uh, at the hotel and then um the monday morning we got up at eight o'clock no, we were in the bus at about eight o'clock and then we went to wardrobe picked out our wardrobe for the week after that, um, that's about fucking six hours going through clothes. And all I actually want to wear is a jeans, vans, and a <laughs> black t-shirt. But okay. Um, now they want me, to wear, want me to wear a dress and then tailor the shit. No, I was like, what the fuck? But anyway, so I picked out my clothing, sat there. And then after six hours of waiting, uh, we went back to, um, back to the studio and started working on our songs. Um, started like preparing the stuff, how we wanted to do it. Um, do you want to do something special about the song? And I mean, you don't want to do it like like the original version because obviously it's covers mm. and you want to do something special. So we sat with a musical director and um, trying to think about like what can we do to make this special and every week should be special. So um, and then we started practicing, uh, got home at about 8, 9 o'clock-ish and then Tuesday go back to vocal coaching uh, do dance classes, and I have two left feet, but it's anyway, it's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, so it was crazy, and then the, we rehearsals and wardrobe again, like trying to fit on the stuff, and then that's like for near my role vice, like put me in something else, and then go back to vocal <laughs> coaching. So no, I'm kidding, but it's crazy. It was just like a roller coaster, like going on and going on, no stopping, continuing what you're doing you know, for two months you, straight. You say you can't remember a lot, but you can remember like a lot, <laughs> much more than I probably can. I don't even know what happened <laughs> it's yesterday. Crazy. But like <laughs> how much time are you actually getting with Franny over like the period of the week when you're prepping? Um, he comes uh, on a, a Thursday. So he came in on a Thursday and then he we – or Thursday or Friday. So we had a Thursday um, um, – a rehearsal with him and then Friday rehearsal with him and then Saturday rehearsal with him uh, the whole day and then um, and then Sunday is the show. Mm. Throughout the whole experience, what was mm. the best piece of advice that Franny gave you that you maybe still keep in your mind today? I mean, I know obviously you now still work with him and sure. and uh, and and Vaynant as your manager, but mm. but specifically mm. Franny, like there was there any piece of advice that you that he gave you that you still keep? 
Specifically, Franny, um, I remember on the Blind Audition, this is actually one reason why I chose him as well. He said, um, I want you to be you. And I think I carry that with me everywhere I go. I don't want to be someone else. Just do what you do and do your best when you do it. Mm. So then yeah. fast forward to the, to the final and you're announced as the winner and you make history for three things. You're the youngest winner, the first female, the, uh, and, and you become Team Van Cook's first win. So assuming yeah. that the whole night like was actually just a dream, how are you feeling yeah. as you wake up the next day and then it strikes you that, no, oh my God, this isn't a dream. I actually won this competition. It's crazy. I was like going on Instagram and then everyone saying, congratulations. I was like, for what? What did I do exactly again? And then it was like, oh, fuck, that happened last night. And then um, they came and picked me up and I had to go to radio stations. So I didn't process it quite actually. I, I still I still actually can't believe it. It's weird. It's still weird to me. Um, but I'm so glad that I went on that journey and that it planned out this way. It's amazing. I work with the best people. Um yeah, but I still can't believe it. I don't think it has fully kicked in yet, and it's a fucking year later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it is a year later. But mm. but you know, as a as a performer on on the Voice or a contestant on the Voice, like people fall in love with your personality and your voice, <laughs> not your music, because you're singing covers. And then you mm. win, and then it's time to write your own stuff. And you know, even though you're in studio with Franny and Hunter Kennedy and and Richard Onrate, like, are mm. you or were you nervous for how people would re- would receive your first original track? I don't think I like taking risks and kind of doing stuff a different way than people expect it to be. So I wasn't nervous, but I was like, I was hoping the song would do uh, well, obviously. Um, I think that's every musician's kind of um, dream or whatever. So I was hoping the song would do well and just want to do my best on the song. Um, But I knew Hunter wrote it. So Hunter and me, Hunter wrote most of the lyrics. So he wrote the chorus. Um, I just actually gave him all my writing and he mixed it up in one bundle of amazing lyrics. So... um, yeah, I think I knew it was going to work, but I wanted it to do well, you know what I mean? Mm. So I wasn't necessarily nervous, but I don't know what to call it. Yeah, but was that the mm-hmm. first time that you'd been in a, in, a, in a studio before? I was in studio last, before that, 2013. So, yeah, basically, I was a little kid. So basically, it was my first time in an amazing studio with amazing people. Hmm. <laughs> And then describe that experience to me. What was it like? When you think back on it, like what are the memories that you have? I think the memories is that it's bloody crazy. And um, I'm so glad that they um, smoked too, because otherwise I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> um, yeah, Lots of smoke I, breaks. I, I don't think I would have done it without a Marlboro, um, <laughs> Marlboro cigarette. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like sitting next to guys that has the world's knowledge and that knows a fuck ton of shit about music. Like, it's crazy. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, I can do a run and I can kind of like, I can sing a bit, but you guys actually know the the deeper stuff and I want to learn from you. Um, so it was just overwhelming, but in a good way. Mm. Yeah, but I enjoyed it so much. And was, was, was Afrikaans always the way you wanted to go with your music? Like, did you ever entertain singing in English? 
Yo, there was a time where I think every like teenager goes through it. There was a time where I was like, I actually don't want to sing Afrikaans. It's weird. And then I started listening to Fokov and all those people again. And I was like, no, it's pretty cool. I'm going to do it. So um, that's what made me um, sing Lisa Siklafir on The Voice. But I was like, no, I don't want to sing Afrikaans. But they inspired me. It's so interesting that you went through a period where you didn't want to sing Afrikaans. Yeah. Like, do you, weird. do you think it was just like a phase? I think it was a phase. I think every teenager goes through it where they kind of try to rebel against what um, what other people do. And I was like, oh, I'm a laced Afrikaans. I'm not going to fucking sing Afrikaans. I'm going to do English. Um, but now I'm like, Afrikaans is the coolest thing ever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and the, word, the words are amazing. So, Yeah, especially... Um, you know, the folk of songs and Hunter's yeah. lyrics. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. full of so much, like, beautiful imagery and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, creating a story. It's amazing. Yeah. But I think that the, the danger, like, with winning these reality shows is that, you know, you mm. can be – you can be forgotten quite easily. Like, I don't yeah, know who won definitely. season three of SA Idols, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. But I know I know that Venant's there. I don't know if he can hear me, but um, I, um, I, I think that he's probably one of the smartest people that I know of in the industry. And I was very excited to see that you signed on to have him manage you. Like, what, what does it mean to have this? And you spoke about it a little bit earlier, but to have this well-established extended musical family on your mm-hmm. side, because I mean, with Franny and Vayner mm-hmm. come the whole of the focal family and it's a big yeah. family. Like, Yeah. No, um, Vayner, I just want to tell him because he can't hear you. So I say, yeah. um, okay, <laughs> okay. tell me again and then I'll tell him. No, you don't have to tell him. I just I, tell him I'm saying nice things about <laughs> I can't blue it. He's going to get drinking. I have to tell him this. Tell him that I yeah. said to you that he's one yeah. of the smartest people that I've yeah, met in the industry. And that yeah. I am very, I was very excited to see that you, Tashe, had signed on mm. to have him manage you because I feel like there's no better person to do that. Ah, oh, come on. And um, so I was very excited to see that I can do it. Doesn't make you better. Doesn't make me better. It doesn't make Tashe better. I love that. I love that. I love that he can tune me. And um, someday I'll tune him back. Someday I'll I still be a bit He's cheeky. He's cheeky. I like yeah, it. I like it. Yeah, exactly. No, um, it's amazing. I, I say all three words are like this is a dream. It's like a dream. Mm. I can't explain. I, there's no words to explain how it is. Um, I think I'm, I feel comfortable um, to work with these guys. Like I feel safe. Uh, and I know they've got my back and I know they only have the best interests at heart. And it's amazing to feel that way because in the music industry, you can get bullshitted. And it's mm-hmm. amazing that I have these guys that are just plain amazing and real and genuine. It's amazing, really. Yeah. So I want to talk about your social media personality because I <laughs> love you on social. Love, <laughs> love, love you on social. And Minimal. and I feel like now to- talking to you, you're exactly mm. the same. You're exactly how I would have envisioned you to be. Legit. Which is why we, oh, I love we that. Thanks. To, yeah, which is why we need yeah. to have a beer sometime. But anyway, do, um, that's besides the point. But like, mm-hmm. 
you know, you don't take yourself too seriously and you're, you're openly gay and you and your fiance, mm. Joe, like, you know, she features mm. very prominently in your posts. Mm. And I mean, I'm sure you're very well aware that there's certain segments of Afrikaans communities in this country that are very conservative, yeah. but, yeah. but have you experienced, I know what the answer is going to be, but, but have you experienced any backlash as a queer mm. musician who's creating Afrikaans music? I don't remember stuff like that. It's weird. I think um, Jolene says it well. She says um, your heart has this built-in like beskermings mechanism. So, but what do you mean in English? What's that in English? Um, I don't know. Like, we need a translator. Benant. Benant. What's a beskermings mechanism in English? Like it protects, um, your heart has this protection kind of thing going on where if um, something bad um, happens or you hear like backlash or whatever, then it just pushes it out and you can't remember anything. Like um, a reflex action. You just yeah, like, like a whatever. reflex. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. um, yeah. So I think I have one of those when it comes to people telling me negative, negative shit about being gay and whatever. Um, but I think there's two that I can briefly remember like – Tani say, um, you, you were so great on the boys and whatever, but um, I think you're a, um, uh, not a great example for the youth of these days and um, because now they'll think gays being gays normal and whatever. And all I did was respond, hi, Tani, thanks for supporting me. Um, um, and it's actually your choice if you want to um, agree or not agree with my lifestyle and it's not a choice. Um and yeah, that's what I said. I was like, fuck, okay. thank you. Thank you for supporting me. But um, uh, that's my, it's your choice if you want to be here or not. And if you don't want to be here, block me, sissy. Yeah, no, 100%. Straight <laughs> up, I like that. Yeah, it's not my fault if you're going on my page, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and it's not my fault if your grand- granddaughter or whatever is um, checking our lives. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I, I actually wanted to ask you, just out of the interest of education, for, for my benefit, how would you mm. prefer being addressed? As queer or gay or lesbian? Or does it not matter? It doesn't matter for me necessarily. I'm just um, – I, I guess gay, so I'm lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, um, it all means the same thing essentially. Yeah, you know, like, it all means the same thing. I think um, – I think a straight person wants to um, show love and receive love. And I think a gay person wants to show love and receive love. There's no actual mm-hmm. difference. We are just actually trying to love and be loved. <laughs> That's actually, it's, we're doing the same thing. Um, it's just in a different way, but we're doing the fucking same thing. It comes down to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there are quite a few openly gay musicians on the Afrikaans music scene, but do you feel a responsibility of sorts to be like a spokesperson or are you less a gay musician and more a musician who just happens to be gay? You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't mind that I'm, if someone wants to call me a gay musician or a musician that's gay or whatever, I don't mind. I don't care about the, like the, how you, how you uh, like tell me how you, approach me or whatever um i think um there is a lot of gay musicians or musicians that are gay that Mm. isn't comfortable in coming out and i see that as bullshit um just personally personally i know disrespect or anything um but 
I think being real these days are much more important than it was five years ago uh, or let's say 20 years ago because um, when you're real, you're happy. And when you're happy, other people are happy. People that love you are happy. So I think it's just important to be who you are 24 fucking 7. I think that's why there's so many people that relate to you as well because you are exactly who you are and you are real. Thank you. And uh, I mean, in an age where you slap a filter on something and there's so many fake bitches out there. It's nice that, that yeah. there are, they are still musicians who are willing to be exactly who they are. Like what Franny mm. said to you, like the piece of advice that he yeah. gave you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we should think about it too much, man. I th just think we should actually just be, Yeah, <laughs> we should just be and live our lives the way that we want to. But you should always know that there's going to be consequences because not everyone's going to agree with you. But um, if you can handle that, cool. So one of the things that you you and your fiance Joe are apparently obsessed with is is tattoos. Mm. So I have no, to ask you, yeah, I have to ask you what your craziest tattoo is. Oh shit, my craziest tattoo. Um, I have a couple. Vanat, waarom jij is my crazieste tattoo? I think the most. I see he's not part of this. I think the one that people get shocked about the most is I have a tattoo of me and um, Jolene getting engaged, our engagement photo. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, there was this guy. He made a, a sketch of our engagement photo that was taken in Stellenbosch, and um, I got it actually tattooed. So people are like, "What?" And I have Jolene's lips, which is. <laughs> Kind of weird for people, but I like it. <laughs> Where are both of those? On the the um, uh, the engagement uh, sketch is on my right arm, and the other one's on my left arm. Lips on my that's left arm, so, on like on the inside. That's so awesome! I'd love to see the the sketch one. Have you posted it on Instagram? I haven't seen it. I will check. I'm not sure. I think it's there somewhere. Okay, but I'll post it now. Let me post it now. Bannerik met jou praat. I love how you're going to post it now. Oh my my favorite one of them all. Are you literally posting and it that, right now? Yeah, I'm posting it. I'm literally posting it. I can you tag. What's your... Uh, you what's can tag Tex and the city. T-E-X-X -X and the city. Tex and the city. There we go. There yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, Boom. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay, wait, wait, let me open my app. <laughs> <laughs> then you can check it out i literally posted it that's the crazy stuff we do real time baby here we go oh there we go there it is my favorite one of them God, all turn oh. It around. oh man that is so rad yeah. yeah and then what are those uh lyrics above that it's so it's my first song um it's the end lyrics oh look at you yeah. that is so cool a first yeah, for Text yeah. in the City, a live tag on, on an Insta there story. Love go. it, love it. Another first, another first. There we go. <laughs> you know, another another thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, you've played already, like in your short career, you've already played some of SA's bigger shows. You played Front Run Frinda. Mm. Um, you played uh, Lift the Betty Dumb. But but you and Franny were also invited by by a guy named Bernie <laughs> to perform mm, on his 25th yeah. birthday in South Africa, okay. but yeah. also in Amsterdam. So so please tell me about this Bernie guy. Like, who is he? Because he clearly knows how to throw a good jaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's crazy. He's Jolene's, like, favorite drinking buddy. 
Like they drink wine like two crazy, <laughs> two crazy idiots. I love that. Um, it's he's he's a who I don't know fifty. He's a fifty year old, amazing like twenty one year old soul kind of guy. He is he's just amazing. He has this beautiful heart. He invited me and Franny and um, Richard and Jed and the wives and whatever to. Um, go to Amsterdam and have a jaw there on his 50th. Um, and he arranged the, like the tickets to go there, like the traveling tickets and everything. Um, and we bride at his house. He, he, they are not supposed to have a bride in their homes in Amsterdam with actual wood, but he does it. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. He does it because he brides ordentic, like he doesn't do it um, <laughs> secondhand or whatever, like, with chocolate and shit. So, yeah, yeah, um, no, no. yeah, it's just a crazy guy. And we had a jaw there. Um, Jolene was there. We got tattoos with him. We got the three X's, uh, which is Amsterdam's like sign or whatever. Um, it was crazy. He's just an amazing guy. And every time he's here and every time, um, that we can hang out with him, we do so. Cause he's just crazy. Amazing. And what was your experience like of Amsterdam? I've never been before. Like, did you do touristy things? Like, when you weren't busy being the life of Bernie's party? Like, what were you up to? So, we went to a, like, a market kind of thing. And we drank Glühwein and ate their chips and stuff. Um, and ate um, a cheese because they're big on cheese and stuff. And then we walked into this coffee shop Um and I walked in, Jolene came in, Jolene was like, what the fuck, did someone fart? But it was Dacha, that's, <laughs> it was, it was Dacha. So, so I was like, babe, it's Dacha, and we walked out, and Jolene's like, I can feel it. I'm like, I oh, can wow. feel it too. So we just walked out, and we were like, babe, never again going into a coffee shop in Amsterdam, because um, uh, we don't smoke like Dacha and stuff, and we don't smoke um, yeah, cannabis. So, so we immediately walked out and then that night we went to the red light district and Jolene thought I was looking at a girl in the window. She, she's yelling that I shouldn't tell the story, but I'm going to, she, <laughs> she, she got mad because, I was, because she thought I was looking at a girl in the window, but I wasn't. And then she was angry at me. And when we came home and then she was, <laughs> she's like Muni, don't, <laughs> she said, <laughs> um, um, she got mad at me, so it was a crazy night. But I, um, I literally went into a sex show and then walked out with my gin. And then they said, "Dude, you can't take your gin out." I was like, "Just let me finish it quickly." <laughs> so it was a crazy, crazy experience, but it was fun. <laughs> when they open flights, Amsterdam is the first place on my list because it sounds like you have a to. jewel. It you sounds have to like go. a proper jewel. It's crazy, but you have to make it a jewel. Like we made jokes about everything. Like there was this one guy in the sex show and he moved his, he moved himself to the best seat that he could find the whole time. Like when the people move, when the people on stage move, he moves. And when they, it was so funny as this fucking bless and everything. It was so funny. God, <laughs> sounds incredible. But obviously, yeah. uh, you know, you know, with 2020 uh, not necessarily being the year that we all wanted it to be and with mm. things not going the way that we planned. Well, I mean, at least for me, but the best thing out yeah. of 2020 for me was this podcast, to be really honest. Oh, um, stop it. Yeah, no, legit, legit. Right. We started it we started it in March and it's it's given me uh, yeah, it gave me um 
a purpose, like doing like that. Otherwise, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And you guys are huge now, eh? You guys have grown like tremendously. It's amazing. Oh, it's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I saw the shit. <laughs> but what if, um, what, I mean, now we're winding down, right? We're winding down 2020. We're, we're getting into summer, you know, Christmas time and going, looking forward to 2021. And what are some of, what are some of your plans? What are some of the things on, on your horizon that you can talk about? Oh my word. I'm so excited for 2021. I can't even explain it. Like I th- we've been writing, um, this whole lockdown through, um, on new songs for a new, well, for an album. For a full mm-hmm. album, twelve songs or eleven songs or whatever. So um, yeah, we've we've been writing, and I'm so excited to get a band together, play play the songs through, and just get a feel for the songs, and then record it, and then release it in 2021. Fantastic. So a new album's coming. Um, so you have to promise me now that when the album comes out, you will come back and then we'll, we'll talk all about Let's the songs it. and I yeah, can promise 100%. You. I'll pinky promise. okay. I'm, I'm also, oh. pinky, I'm going to, I'm going to take a photo of me pinky promising myself and then tag you <laughs> on Instagram. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do it too. Wait. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Let's go. I'm a bit, I uh, pinky taking... promise. I pinky promise. I'm going to come back next year. <laughs> Oh. God, oh my it. god okay i'm gonna do it just now because uh i'm i'm a bit technologically challenged and i i don't want to i don't when this podcast ends i don't want to lose it and accidentally press something i shouldn't um but but tashay it's been an absolute pleasure having you on text talks and Damn. uh you are exactly as awesome as i thought you would be and then some <laughs> and, thank you so much uh, i appreciate it we, we have to do two things. You have to come back for uh, Text Talks Round 2, and then we have to have a beer. And I want to meet Jolene as well because she sounds Let's dope. Do it. You have to meet Jolene. Jolene's the fucking coolest chick in this world and the prettiest, actually. Ooh, okay. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Oh, but thank you. No, this has been great. Thank you so much.
Shout out to Tashe for joining us in studio. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Text Talks. Be sure to check out texttalks.com for more episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or listen to Text Talks on all good streaming platforms. Also, a huge shout out to Tom's, the only music store, for being the most incredible technical supplier. From myself, Tex, our producers, Jonathan Engs and Matthew Lewitz, and our research assistant, Al Clapper, catch you on the flip side. <laughs>